Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. So it's Saturday morning and this makes me sound like such a loser, but I mean, I kind of am, so we're just going to have to roll with it. I spent a lot of time this morning reading about ketones and ketosis and ketogenic diets, which was fascinating. I was actually out like outwardly outwardly I was purposefully looking for pros because I know a lot of the cons already and I felt I had a bit of a bias towards like don't do ketogenic diets so I was actively looking for information to um question my personal bias which I think is something we should all do more anyway there there's been a bit of a social media blow up about ketones and this isn't new but it's come up a lot in the last week so I thought I would cover it and I thought I would cover both sides and I want to start by saying I have no personal agenda here and I am more than happy to be proven wrong I don't have an ego about this I like that isn't what being evidence-based or evidence-led is about and it's actually a really fascinating area of research and I'm really interested to see what comes out in the next couple of years, which we would delve into during this podcast. And if I am wrong about anything I say in this, I mean, wrong is not even the right word. Like this is what we know at the moment. That's what I'm going to explain. So you're never really wrong. You like some new evidence might appear and then you can change your views and that's kind of how science works and if you don't attach ego to that then you never have to be worried about being wrong so there you go and my aim as always is to share good information and make sure people don't waste their money or get ripped off and something that I'm especially passionate about is obviously within health and fitness those things but also not marketing in a way or trying to capitalize on people's vulnerabilities so you know most women unfortunately have struggled at some point in their life with weight loss and I mean men obviously struggle as well but I'm looking here like primarily what we're looking at at the moment with who this is marketed towards is a lot of it is overweight women and I've even seen it being specifically marketed to like busy mums who are overweight and don't have time for other things and you know (laughs) I just think it's quite unethical and I don't like those people to be their vulnerabilities to be capitalized on like have you always struggled with your weight oh here's a magic potion that will help you that isn't what this is but I do want to look at both sides of this however if you don't want to listen to the podcast and you just want a really quick take home on my thoughts of ketone supplements I think in a few sentences it would be at the moment they look like very expensive supplements that don't have evidence to support the claims that they're making most advocates of ketones are part of some kind of multi-level marketing scheme or own a company that sells ketones if you're wondering what MLM is or multi-level marketing, it's quite similar to the likes of Herbalife and Juice Plus. So they obviously have a bias because they have financial gain to be made from you buying ketones from them. 
If you want to know more, which I suggest you should, then listen on. So at the moment, what I'm seeing in terms of the information that's being given out is you kind of have two sides, obviously, for and against. Neither are looking at it in a particularly um, unbiased way, looking at the pros and cons. And I think that's really important because guess what? As with most things, it's not inherently good and it's not inherently bad. There is some nuance there. And I'm actually going to start with the ketogenic diet because I think it's important to get the foundation and then we can move on to ketone supplements. So I'm going to start with what the ketogenic diet is. And a ketogenic diet is not just a low carb diet. A true ketogenic diet is also quite a high fat diet. So it's high fat, low carb, and actually quite low protein as well. And the diet tends to be composed of about 30 grams of protein, uh, sorry, 30 grams of carbohydrate. So to put that into context, that's like one, one, well, just more than a medium sized apple. So a medium sized apple has about 25 grams of carbohydrate in it. So very low carbohydrate to the extent that you can't really eat much fruit and vegetables to maintain that low level of carbohydrate. Then in terms of protein, it's about one gram per kilogram of protein. So that's almost, well, that is half of what we would recommend for someone who wants to build lean muscle mass, so build muscle. So bear that in mind, quite quite low protein. And the rest of your diet would be comprised of fat. Some suggest that like within that fat um, intake, it would be 80 to 20 ratio of polyunsaturated fats to saturated fat. But some people don't even go that far into looking into the composition of their fat intake. So how does a ketogenic diet work? After a few days of either fasting or very low carbohydrate intake, so less than 30 grams, the body doesn't have enough dietary carbohydrate to fuel the central nervous system function. And the brain prefers glucose for fuel as opposed to fatty acids because fatty acids can't cross the blood uh, brain barrier. So you can't use fat for fuel for brain fuel effectively. However, ketones, which are produced when carbohydrate stores are very low, can be used as a source of energy for the central nervous system. And during the first few days of your ketogenic diet, this is known as the adaptation period. And during this period, amino acids, so the building blocks of protein, are preferentially broken down to produce glucose via gluconeogenesis, which is a really fancy word for saying the production of glucose from things that aren't carbohydrate, basically. However, that sounds quite bad. So you're breaking down protein to form glucose so that your brain can function. But after this adaptation period, which can take a couple of days to potentially a week, there's quite a lot of debate as to how long that adaptation period takes but after this period your body is now more adapted to your new diet the new composition of your diet and more glycerol so from triglycerides aka fat is used for this process and this is when you're in what is known as a fat adapted state and you can't see me but I'm doing like air quotations here so that's what they term 
a state where your body is more adapted to burning fat for fuel as opposed to carbohydrate for fuel, which sounds great. But just to be clear, this doesn't mean that you're burning more body fat. It means that you're using more dietary fat, which makes a lot of sense because you've eaten a lot more dietary fat. So some of the other benefits that are claimed when your body adapts to using more fat for fuel are reduced appetite. And this is thought to be explained by the appetite suppressant effect of ketone bodies in your blood. Equally, part of this could be the fact that if you think about the composition of your diet, it's kind of quite gross. Like, I don't think I would particularly enjoy eating a ketogenic diet. Like, it's extremely high in fat. And I think that might make me feel a little bit sick. But hey, who knows? Um, there is good evidence that the there is a link between the level of ketones in your blood and the appetite suppressant effect. And not only is the appetite suppressant effect just anecdotal, but it's also seen in the level of ghrelin in your blood. So ghrelin is a hormone that is related to hunger and it rises before a meal and it reduces after a meal. So higher levels of ghrelin stimulate more hunger. And we do see quite a consistent drop in ghrelin when ketone bodies are higher in the blood. We also see reduced lipogenesis, so the formation of fat and increased lipolysis, so fat burning. Again, this is unsurprising given that you're mostly eating fat. And then another potential slight benefit is the metabolic cost of gluconeogenesis, so the production of glucose from protein and fat sources. There's a higher metabolic cost to that as opposed to just breaking down carbohydrate for glucose. On more of the health front, we see reported benefits of improved metabolic health and reduced risk of dementia. However, it's quite hard to distinguish whether these benefits are independent of weight loss or whether they would have occurred because of weight loss, i.e. would you get the same benefits had you had successfully dieted another way without creating a ketogenic state. There are also some mentions of the ketogenic diet being beneficial to preventing tumor growth or reducing tumor growth in cancer. And I'm very hesitant to talk about this because one, it's not my area. However, I did briefly work in cancer research and I know from a very rudimental understanding that cancer is not one disease. So it would be extremely dangerous to suggest that one treatment, i.e. a ketogenic diet, might benefit all cancers. And we know that some cancers actually thrive in different environments. So we don't know that actually potentially, depending on the cancer you have and the tumour you have, even if you just look at one form of cancer, breast cancer, there's effectively many different forms of that, triple negative, uh, estrogen receptor positive, um, HER2 receptor positive. There are many different nuances to how we should treat these things. So please, please don't think that you should be doing certain diets for your cancer. Like, please speak to your oncologist because they will have far more information than anyone on the internet telling you to do a specific diet to starve your cancer tumors. However, 
I don't think that means that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you will. It's a very interesting area of research. And if there is anything that can slow cancer progression, especially if it has quite mild side effects in comparison to many cancer treatments, then obviously that should be looked into. That aside, because I could go on a huge tangent here, other weaknesses of the ketogenic diet is that it's obviously a very restrictive diet. There is little to no flexibility in it. It's unsociable. It's easy to become deficient in certain nutrients. We don't have much longitudinal data on it. As in, we don't know what happens over time. Most of the studies, because of how hard it is to A, stick to a ketogenic diet and B, control anyone's food intake in general for more than a couple of weeks with any sort of like real control over things we don't have much long-term data on this and if we do it's quite anecdotal so please bear that in mind um it's also fairly extreme and there are numerous reports of quite serious side effects in some individuals so personally i would leave the ketogenic diet to the treatment of things like epilepsy we know that we see less seizures in epileptics and it is a very interesting area of research and I'm certainly really interested to see in particular the potential neurological benefits. However, as it stands at the moment, the benefits seem to be more in those who have neurological complications, for example, epilepsy or Parkinson's disease. But people do claim, and this is again more anecdotal, but there are you know, potential mechanisms behind this that their concentrations, the concentrations, their concentration level is higher once they become fat adapted and they feel like their focus is much better as well. And that's something that really interests me. Like that is a reason that I would potentially stick to a ketogenic diet if I noticed that I was far sharper. I know, hard to believe I could possibly be sharper. <laughs> oh... Anyway, I hope slash think that sets the foundation of what a ketogenic diet is and you now understand the environment that your body would be in in those conditions. Now we can move on to ketone supplements. So a couple of days ago, a lady, I'm saying lady because I actually can't remember her name, but was called out for, for selling ketone supplements. And to be fair, she owned the company and it didn't look great. Um, however, I feel like other people, <clears throat> Callum Best, have kind of gotten away with it a lot more. And I also know a lot of personal trainers that have sold it. And like people don't seem to have like bit, you know, called them out in the same way. So I feel a little bit sorry for her from that standpoint. And like, I, th I feel like especially with personal trainers, like you should really know better. And I hate seeing personal trainers trying to scam their clients and get more money from them, especially how expensive ketones are, which I'm going to come on to in a minute. But I, I'm quite conflicted because I also feel a little sorry for people selling ketones because I genuinely think some of them believe that they work and they've been conned like further up the chain. And this is because... I've obviously been reading some research this morning. I've done a lot of research on this previously. And 
generally reading and interpreting research is really hard and I don't think we can expect random influencers to be able to do that and even some personal trainers to be honest doctors struggle with this as well in fact reading and interpreting research out with your field even within science is actually exceptionally hard because you don't know the pros and cons to the certain methods they've been using to measure certain things and how that relates to other things for example I had debates with uh, someone selling prove it which is another ketone supplement but well it's exogenous ketones it's just another company selling it and one thing we were sort of debating is that they were adamant that it worked and that they've been shown evidence that it worked and she was actually you know we had a really good discussion which was lovely and <laughs> lovely and she was sending me research now some of the studies that she was sending me like legitimate studies and I could see how these had been sort of portrayed in a way that you'd think oh this is evidence-based but a lot of the studies simply showed that taking ketones elevated ketone levels in the blood like full stop end of study which is interesting as a preliminary study but it doesn't show that that has any effect on anything it simply shows that you ate something and it appeared in your bloodstream that's it nothing else but you can see that if you're I don't know if you don't if you're not in science and someone has told you that this is proof that ketones work you're like oh that's a that's a study like surely that's evidence and some of these bigger companies have like leading scientists from oxford universities telling people that it's backed by science generally who are you going to believe random personal trainer on instagram or phd from oxford and 99 times out of 100 i would tell you to go with the phd level person from oxford but this is the one in a hundred, like do not listen to them because often when you go and then you realize, oh, they work for prove it and they're extremely biased and they're cherry picking evidence. And if you're wondering like, how do I know who to listen to then? Then a lot of the times it is about checking people's biases. Are they scientists who work for companies that sell ketones or are the studies actually funded by companies that sell ketones I found a a study that was funded by a company that sell ketones and unsurprisingly they found favorable results again that doesn't necessarily mean that the results were wrong per se but you just need to be a little bit uh skeptical of those results and I know I'm probably giving like prove it distributors too much credit here But as I said, I have had some very respectable personal trainers who I know personally and have had conversations with them who I genuinely believe were sold on it as in they thought it worked. And it's not as simple as, oh, you're an idiot, blah, 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 it's an MLM scheme. These companies are really clever. And when you've got scientists in your ear telling you, you know, I've got a PhD from Oxford University, here's the research, here's how it works, and you're not university educated or educated in that area and don't know how to read and interpret research, which isn't, like, I'm not bashing anyone for that. It's a really freaking hard thing to do, and, and I can't read and interpret research properly that's out with my field. So why would I expect anyone else to be able to do that or have the time to do that? 
But then I also think if you're selling a supplement, you should have done your research. Uh, anyway, you can see the conundrum in my head. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Let's start with um, the cons. So the impressive weight loss you often see on a ketogenic diet or sometimes with ketone supplements is water. Like some of these companies promote a 10 day challenge. Yes, that's right, 10 days, 10, just 10, which is ridiculous because you can, you won't be losing much fat in 10 days. It's going to be probably 90% water. In fact, you would likely lose similar going to a hot yoga class for 45 minutes. And if we look at the maths of this, like even if you did create a 500 calorie deficit for 10 days, which by the way, most of these companies are like, don't change your diet, just take this ketone supplement. You don't even need to diet. So bear that in mind as well. If you did actually create a 500 calorie deficit for 10 days, the most you would lose is about 1.4 pounds given that one pound of fat is roughly 3,500 calories. And that is if you were losing solely fat. And that isn't always the case either, especially if you're not resistance training. And especially if you were sticking to a ketogenic diet and had one gram of protein per kilogram. So do bear that in mind. You'll probably be losing lean body mass and water and a tiny bit of fat. Well, not tiny. 1.4 pounds is a significant amount of fat. I'm not poo-pooing that. But do bear in mind that the very impressive weight loss often seen is mostly water. Secondly, this is something I think a lot of people forget. Um, ketones have calories. It's a source of energy. So there's, there are obviously calories in it. And it's recommended, I've been looking at the Prove It website, it's recommended that you have at least two sachets a day. So that's a minimum of 100 extra calories. However, most research uses dosages closer to the equivalent of 150 to 200 extra calories, depending on your weight. So would you, like, I mean, could you just eat those calories, which might be much more enjoyable and you could get in some nutrient dense foods? It's also been shown that if you want to maintain a state of ketosis without following a ketogenic diet, i.e. what these companies are saying that you can do, you would need to consume quite frequent dosages of ketones. And when you're looking at, you know, a, like a serving being about 100 calories, that can quite quickly add up. So you would be, need to be doing that every few hours to maintain the ketones in your blood. Now, not only does that add up in terms of your calories, so an extra 100 calories every few hours, like could, that could be like five, 600 calories a day. It is also ridiculously expensive. So 10 days of ketone supplements, a 10 day supply is over a hundred pounds. That is more expensive than joining online coaching. <clears throat> if you want to join online coaching, just head to www.esgfitness.co.uk. Sorry for that ad break there. But seriously, you should. Uh, you will get far more for your money and far better results investing in something like good coaching and remember that if you wanted to maintain these high levels of ketones in your blood it becomes very expensive because every sachet that you drink is roughly five pounds so if you had to have five or six of those a day I'm not very good at maths like 30 odd quid a day 30 pounds a day 
that's quite a lot of money for not doing very much okay so that that's some of the cons if we want to move on to look at some of the pros it's been claimed that this is one of the big claims so ketone drinks will create ketosis in one hour great great and that that sounds great for a lot of people but given that the definition of ketosis is simply having elevated ketones in your blood and that that's it like that's all it means it doesn't mean that that's doing anything it, and like it's hardly surprising that you've you've just consumed ketones oh oh and now it's higher in your blood it's kind of like when in fact it's exactly like when people start a higher fat diet or a low carb diet and their fat burning increases and remember this isn't body fat burning unless you're also in a deficit it's simply that you've eaten more fat so you're now using more fat for fuel and you see people talking about research where fat oxidation rates have increased and it's like yeah no shit you've just eaten loads of fat of course fat oxidation rates have increased but it's not body fat oxidation it's just the fat that you've just eaten so like if if you're confused by when people's like oh fat oxidation has increased and here's a study to show it that's excellent yeah okay well let's put that into context still true that you can't burn body fat without being in a calorie deficit okay it's also claimed that you will feel less hungry and we've touched on this before and when we were discussing the ketogenic diet and it's actually backed by quite good research ketones have been shown to reduce both perceived and physiological hunger as measured by ghrelin levels and one study in particular did show very interesting uh, reductions in hunger which is a huge problem for people when they diet it would be much easier to stick to your diet if you weren't hungry i think we can all agree on that however they compared taking ketone supplements to an energy match control of dextrose so dextrose is a carbohydrate so you're comparing taking ketones to a carbohydrate i would be very interested to see the comparison between ketones and an energy match control of protein we know that protein is satiating and beyond that i would be even more interested to see a food matched control so say like a high protein meal so in this study the calorie intake of the ketones or the supplement that was being taken either the ketones or the carbohydrate was 1.9 calories per kilogram body weight so for someone who's 100 kilograms that's 200 calories so that could be like a small meal or if it was you know if you're a bit lighter it's 150 calories cool you can still have like a salad from Subway or something. I bet that's going to fill you up more and probably reduce your hunger more because you will be chewing. There's fiber in there. There's food volume in there. There's protein in there. That That is the comparison I would want to see. Is it better to take a ketone supplement or is it better to actually eat a meal? And my, like I'm erring on the side of it's probably going to be better to eat a meal. Now the study hasn't been done but I would be very interested to see a comparison there. One massive pro, which we have spoken about briefly with the ketogenic diet, is that ketosis does 
seem to reduce seizures in epilepsy and there's some really promising research in the treatment of other neurological conditions like Parkinson's disease and maybe even in treating viruses due to their effect in changing well reducing metabolic function because ketones use a different metabolic pathway could that be a way around that problem again really interesting research but we don't have the evidence to support that yet and we do with epilepsy but i'm talking in terms of the virus now what one thing i think the companies might be doing is taking a lot of the research from i say might be one thing the companies are doing is taking a lot of the research from the benefits of a ketogenic diet and just saying you can get that from ketone supplements which doesn't seem to be clear yet however that would be pretty great for an epileptic that means that they don't have to stick to a ridiculously rigid diet if they can just take these supplements and increase the ketone levels in their blood that might be a much easier way for them to get these benefits so that would be fantastic and similar with Parkinson's disease and other neurological complications or even if we do find that there are benefits in terms of viruses and things like it would be much easier for us just to be able to take a ketone supplement than it would to stick to a very restricted diet however I just don't think there's the research there at the moment to say that it's just as beneficial to take ketones as it is to create a state of ketosis within your body. There's also some interesting research, again, this is in animal models, showing that a ketogenic diet seems to increase brown adipose tissue. Now, brown adipose tissue or brown fat is a metabolically more active form of fat. So white adipose tissue doesn't take a lot of energy to maintain brown adipose tissue has more mitochondria it's thermogenic so it produces heat and it's usually higher in hibernating animals now as children as babies we have quite a lot of brown adipose tissue to keep us warm but as we age we tend to lose most of this because we tend to wear clothes and live in an environment with heated rooms and heated homes so that we don't need to create as much heat ourselves and one of the only ways that's been shown to increase brown adipose tissue and by the way the benefit of this would be that your resting metabolic rate would be increased and thus you could eat more calories and not put on weight one of the only ways to increase your brown adipose tissue is cold exposure which is awful like basically just being cold all the time and you'll have more brown fat I'm cold all the time and I don't think I have much more brown fat sad times for me uh but that is another interesting area of research that links to ketones another potential pro to the ketogenic diet not taking ketone supplements is weight loss and I know I said that as a con before but so many people are so fixated on the scales and I've done this with clients before just to prove that they can lose weight even if it's not body fat like they have this thing in their head that they can't lose weight and sometimes a bit of weight loss at the start of a diet whether that's just simply from cutting carbs and we know that it's water retention or whether it's fat is really beneficial in terms of your adherence and then you actually do burn fat because you actually stick to your diet sometimes seeing that scale weight drop is enough to be like oh this actually works 
and I'm actually going to stick to it this time. And it's the fact that you're sticking to something and not the fact that it's a ketogenic diet or a low carb diet that is actually creating the fat loss. But seeing the weight drop initially is often when most people give up. So they'll stick to a diet for a week and they're like, this isn't working. I've not seen the scale weight drop. So if they do see it drop, it's more a mindset thing of, oh my God, this this is actually working this time. I'm going to stick to it. And they would have seen the scale weight drop had they sticked to the non-restricted version of the diet and, you know, eaten more carbs, except that they don't want to stick to something that they don't see immediate results from. So I've used that before as a bit of a mindset trick to be like, right, okay, we'll drop carbs a little bit the first week, just so you see a drop on the scales. And then you're bought into the process and so much of it is trusting the process a bit because as we know, you don't see scale weight drop on the scale all the time when you're dieting. And sometimes it even goes up, especially with women. If you start your diet like the week before your period and you normally put on three pounds the week before your period, but you've lost a pound of fat, you still be two pounds up at the end of that week despite the fact that you've lost fat. And that can be really off-putting for people. So sometimes I actually think there's a benefit of the weight loss in terms of your adherence to a diet. So it's not a direct benefit of a ketogenic diet, but it could be a side effect. And let's be real, a lot of fat loss is a mindset game. A lot of it is about making sure you or your client is adhering and understanding that makes you a good coach there is also a claim that because you don't have as bigger peaks in carbohydrates and insulin your energy levels are more stable throughout the day again that's more of a anecdotal thing that people report that they just feel like they have stable and consistent energy throughout the day as opposed to you know the afternoon slump that a lot of people get after lunch There are also pros and cons in terms of exercise performance. So because you have ingested so much fat, so much of your diet is from fat, you will have increased rates of fat oxidation and you will use a higher percentage of fat compared to carbs. Now, this is only really relevant in ultra endurance events where carbohydrate stores may become limiting, as in a reduced or empty effectively carbohydrate stores limit performance usually exercise performance is limited by oxygen utilization as opposed to a lack of carbohydrates so you get more ATP which is energy per unit of oxygen when you break down carbohydrates compared to fats and given that it is usually oxygen transport which limits exercise performance exercise performance is strongly related to the amount of carbohydrate stores you have in almost any distance or like any length of exercise up to like ultra ultra endurance type exercise where you probably will completely deplete your carbohydrate stores and in that instance using more fat for fuel would benefit you because you would be sparing your carbohydrate stores so you can see that it's both a pro and a con It's going to be a pro for like 99.999% of people who don't do ultra endurance events. Sorry, it's going to be a con for them because a ketogenic diet would limit your exercise performance. 
but anyone who is in that very small percentage of people, hey, maybe. And maybe you, along with potentially epileptics, would benefit from a ketogenic diet and potentially ketone supplements. But, big but, when it comes to fat loss, at the moment there is really no evidence that taking ketone supplements would benefit you, aside from the reduced hunger, which I've already explained. I personally would think you would get a bigger impact on reduced appetite from just making better food choices. This would also likely save you a hell of a lot of money and if you are struggling with fat loss that money would be far better spent on a decent coach and that doesn't even have to be me. I'm not even selling myself here. I mean it could be me but it doesn't have to be me. It would still be better spent on a decent coach. So I'm sorry to say that there is still no quick fix to fat loss that we know of and ketones certainly aren't the answer there. Uh, But now, hopefully, you feel informed. You can see the good and the bad. You can see where it might apply to your life or not. I'm gonna assume for most people, probably not. But at least you know the pros and cons. Hopefully, this has been useful. If you've enjoyed it, please tag me in your stories on Instagram and let me know. Please share it with anyone you think might benefit from hearing it and if you want to rate and review the podcast so more people get to listen that would be fantastic and finally because I'm, I'm not very good at doing this or mentioning it enough if you are looking for online coaching either one-to-one or group coaching head over to www.esgfitness.co.uk From there, you can make an application which will go straight into my emails and I will email you back and discuss what would be the best option for you.